Good afternoon and welcome to a wonderful, wonderful time to be had by all because you know what time it is. It's time for How Betty Davis Saved My Life, Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood. I am Moya. And I'm Georgia. And we are so happy to be with you again. Happy New Year again. And um, I'm trying to think, this is not technically, I have to look on my calendar. No, this is, no, this is not our first movie of the year, but this is our first Betty Davis movie of the year. Isn't that right? It sure is. And have we got a doozy for you. What's on tap, Georgia? It's Old Acquaintance Made in 1943. Ooh, yes, yes, yes. I love this movie. I couldn't wait for us to get around to this movie. And guys, don't forget to subscribe to our Facebook page. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel of the same name, How Betty Davis Saved My Life. And uh, we have great, great, great videos up there for you. Our Christmas present to you is still up there. We did a reaction video to... 1934 is, I believe, Double Door. Uh, it's in three parts. Go check that out. And we have a whole bunch of other um, videos. We have um, a spinoff of How Betty Davis Saved My Life, Late to the Party, um, where we do a little bit more of more contemporary um, films. And it's, it's just me solo and uh, talking about movies that I missed and I found on uh, either YouTube or Amazon. And they're absolutely fabulous. And, um, and Georgia, I forgot... <laughs> Georgia and I, we have lives outside of how better days ever saved my life. So whenever we can try to do something extra, we can. But I've been wanting Georgia every time I see like a whole. I don't look, watch Hallmark movies. Um, no, look if you like them, hey, rock on. But Georgia, you look at a lot of Hallmark movies, and is it just Hallmark? Or is it Lifetime or like you like Hallmark Hallmark movies? It's Hallmark, and I basically do it with uh, family members. Okay. To live out of town, so when we visit, we make it kind of an event. We oh. watch different Hallmark movies, but we're selective about them. But we just have so much fun with them because you know we've gotten to know the particular people, you know, and yeah, the plots are, you know, but we like the happy endings, and it's just kind of <laughs> yeah. Nowadays, they're fun and they're sweet, you know. Nowadays, we so, all yeah, kind of start looking at them. Um. Yeah. So yeah, it's Hallmark. I don't really, every once in a blue moon, maybe it'll be a lifetime, but very few and far between. Okay. Because I was, you know, I brought that up because, um, I was like, Georgia, why don't you do like your review of Hallmark movies? So who knows? It's 2022. We want to do a lot. Um, we certainly enjoy doing How Betty Davis Saved My Life and a shout out to all our Great followers and listeners, thank you all so much for all your support. And um, I just want to give a couple of YouTube channels um, and Facebook pages a shout out. Uh, we're a part of uh, Steve Hayes' page. He has a one. He's he does a fabulous job on Facebook, Georgia. Um, he's always posting. He has great pictures and trivia. And the, the part of the group, um, they always contribute and have great comments, a lot of fun. So Steve Hayes, check him out on um, Facebook. He also has a YouTube channel. I just joined. Start, sorry, Steve, I didn't know you had a YouTube channel until the other day. You probably been had it. So check that out, guys. And um, there's also, uh, I've mentioned Real Black, R-E-E-L, Black. They have more of the Black Cinema 
and um, talk more about the trivia and history behind that. And Ashley says so. I uh, We subscribe to her page. A uh, young lady who... Georgia, you have to take a look at this lady's page. It's Ashley Says So, and I think it's all in one word. She goes back, she's very funny, and she narrates all this old, good old uh, Hollywood gossip and trivia. She had Joan Crawford, Lana Turner, Sammy Davis, Lena Horne, uh, Elizabeth Taylor. Nobody's off limits, okay? She even does Shaka Khan. And so she does music and films. So check her out. Shout out to her. Ashley says so. Sit on Facebook, uh, Cinema Cafe, Silver Screen Oasis, the um Joan and Constant Bennett, uh, Fred McMurray, and so much more. We're a part of we already said Joan Crawford. Uh, loving Joan Crawford. I never say it right, guys. I'm sorry, but it's, it's Loving Joan Crawford. I'm sorry. I, I don't know why I can't remember that name. But check out those pages, guys. We love those pages. We're a part of many of those groups. Sorry for the ones I left out. I'll try to remember them next time. But, Georgia, these are, this is the community that's going to keep these great movies like Old Acquaintance alive. So please check out those pages. And um, don't forget, we're, we're on all the platforms except Amazon. We're on... Um, Apple, iPod, Casto, Spotify. So check us out. Stay engaged with us and please let us know what you think of any movie you've seen recently. If you want us to do a movie, also let us know what you think about our commentary on these movies. So now let's get down to business. Old acquaintance. What do you got for us, Georgia? Well, you know, I think this is such a great movie for a rainy afternoon. Um, yes, I yes. would say. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know? I agree. <laughs> <laughs> break out the champagne maybe a box of tissues and a box of chocolates but you know uh, Betty Davis plays you know a nice person this time and <laughs> but the movie is still snarky don't yeah. don't let it fool you there's yes. a lot of it's a snark fest and um the, basically the plot is about um two women who've been friends since childhood and uh, Betty Davis is a single woman who writes books that appeal to more intellectual women. And uh, Miriam Hopkins plays a housewife and a mother uh, who's um, very um, successful. She becomes successful, successful at turning out these really cheesy novels. And one of them I thought was hilarious to me. The title of one of them I noticed was called Ermine and Calico. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those titles were everything. They were hilarious. And and pardon, again, the Hallmark crowd, because usually the Hallmark and the Harlequin (laughs) and the the romance now, y'all usually cross-section, cross-pollinate. I am not getting on y'all. But it was kind of like those type of books she was churning out. (laughs) Anyway, this movie, just you do like a roller coaster of emotions because I was thinking, you know, about all the things in this movie because there's jealousy and rivalry and there's loyalty, there's heartache, there's backstabbing, there's sacrifice and all Mm. that. But, you know... One of the things that I have to say, Moya, and I don't know if you noticed this too about movies that were made during the war, but have you noticed that there's something kind of touching and stoic about the films that were made during World War II and about the virtue of sacrifice? I haven't, yeah. I, you know, I thought there's kind of like something I've noticed about movies made during World War II, and I thought that there was uh, that quality in this movie. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with that. Mm hmm. Yes. 
Well, you know, Betty Davis often said about this character she played that the character Kit Marlowe was closer to the real Betty Davis than any other character that she'd ever played. Really? Get yes, she said that. Yes. Now she said that yes. about herself. Nobody else said that, right? Because <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Consider the source. Oh yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, and um, the movie it did well at the box office, uh, although it didn't receive any Academy Award nominations. Mm -hmm. And this movie was made when. Um, women's films quote unquote were very popular so there's like a little bit of a soap opera quality to oh it. yeah definitely <laughs> yeah but you know you have to one of the things that makes this movie so much fun to watch and everybody if you know anything about this movie is these two actresses mutually loathed <laughs> each other yes the, and but the amazing thing is they made it work for them because the scenes where they're together they just crackle with this electricity mm -hmm. with each other in it because they absolutely just hated each other and you know but there's a reason for that <laughs> and that's because Betty had an affair while Miriam Hopkins was married to her husband Anatole Litvak the director and so. Naturally, she no, wanted to claw. No, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Oh, girl, yeah. She, wa mm -hmm. she wanted a car on that, so mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yep. But anyway, um, so that that should come as no surprise that there was these these two women were also very notoriously temperamental actresses and difficult to handle, and it was rumored that uh, the uh, original director, I think his name was. Um, Oh, it was Edmund uh, Goulding. Okay. But he wanted to avoid having to deal with the two actresses. <laughs> and he also said, well, with the war going on, he wants to see two witches fighting. <laughs> <laughs> and so they said he had a heart attack. And so he was oh, removed from it. And then they brought in Vincent Sherman to direct the movie. And uh, he would later go on, just a little bit of trivia, later go on to direct Betty in the movie Mr. Skeffington made the following year in 1944. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, Betty actually wanted, and she requested Norma Shearer, hmm. her friend, or even her other pal, Mary Astor, to be cast in the role of Mildred Drake. But uh, Norma Shearer had recently retired, and so she refused... And that's how the part ended up going to Miriam Hawkins. And you know, I I thought about Mary Astor. I did not know that piece of trivia. And I, for some reason, Mary Astor flashed in my mind as she should have belonged in this movie in some capacity. So, all righty. Um, you know, going back to the thing about um, Betty and Miriam Hopkins, these two women... Uh, are constantly trying to upstage the other with so much scene stealing that goes on. So if you notice how they do things with their hands while the other one, well, you know, when they have scenes with each other or they're like trying to pace around or like all the stuff that they're doing or wringing the handkerchief or their use of props, 
pay attention to that because they are both really trying to one up the other. But I have to say this about Betty. I think Betty gave the more subtle and the more nuanced performance so that Miriam Hopkins could deliver her performance in the best way possible. And in doing, I think Betty really, I mean, it looks so effortless and I think in a way she really steals the film without even trying because Betty is just so nuanced and she does this beautifully yeah I mean the way she does this part oh my goodness uh yeah so I just I have to say um sometimes I felt that Hopkins when she plays her I mean she does play this role to the hilt but almost to the point of being scary um but but betty's able to convey so much emotion with with so much restraint um the script to me is very intelligently written it's very sharp um the only thing that i thought about and boy i don't know if you felt this way too but i thought the ending maybe was for some viewers might seem just a little bit too pat well, I mean, it kind of foreshadowed the ending in the movie, to be quite honest with you. Um, so the movie goes through, I guess, three stages of their 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 the two ladies' lives. Um, Kit, like I said, played by Betty, and what was uh Mary Hopkins' name? I forgot just that quick. Mildred Drake. Yeah, and so um, they were friends as little girls. Then as, as teens, then, you know, college age, then, you know, obviously as young women and uh, Mildred, Miriam Hopkins, she gets married and has a kid and uh, Betty Davis, Kit, Kit, she has a career. She's a writer. And like Georgia said, they compete as as people do. I mean, that's just life. Um, and so, Georgia, I saw this movie in three stages, uh, probably the same three stages that the ladies went through in the movie. And I was like, I said, I'm not going to have much to say with Georgia for this one because the movie speaks for itself. There's, you know, there's not a lot of, um, and, and kudos, you know, Georgia's our research and department, <laughs> research department. So she can find all those great tidbits of trivia and history. But for those of you who look at it, it is what it is. It's funny. It's like a dramedy, I guess, Georgia. You know, it's a yeah. d- dramatic comedy. Um, and so... Mildred just is jealous, probably has always been jealous of Kit for whatever reason, but you would think on the outside looking in and on paper, she has it all. She has the house and the husband, a nice looking husband and going to have the baby. But, you know, unfortunately, like that's just life. And and I'm going to speak from a woman's perspective and George, you correct me if I'm wrong, you know, because I was, you know, George is a little bit older than me. So she was in that age where, the the magazine Helen Helen Gurley Brown was I think it was Cosmopolitan and correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. women can have it all, and so you see that mindset even before that was even uttered where Mildred uh, Hopkins' uh, character, you would think she she would be satisfied she has it all great husband kid beautiful house blah, blah blah, and she yes she's jealous of Kit, and now I don't know why. But I suspect that jealousy, and it kind of, did they touch on it in the movie? I think Betty Davis did say in her diatribe when she finally gives Mildred the business. Um, you know, you've always been always been jealous of me. But, you know, I've seen in my, not, well, I don't 
people try to compete with me, not that I am anybody, trust me, I ain't, I ain't got nothing going on like that. But I've been uh, around females that for whatever reason, Georgia, they get it in their mind that they need to compete with you. Have you ever been in a situation like that? Yeah, I have actually. Yeah. Several it's times rough. I've been, huh? Yeah, I have. I, I remember one time where I was, I had, there was a job that I had and I was kind of new to it. And uh, yeah, I, yeah no it was kind of rough going. Yeah, you're right. No reason at all. But they just yeah. did it. And, and it hurts even worse when it's a family member or it's a close friend and they just get it. And I think, you know, this movie and with women in general, just my commentary, my take on it is that you start, and it's so funny because this is way before the feminist movement that you will see Miriam Hopkins' character feeling this way, like she's unfulfilled. Like, oh, I said the dirty word, unfulfilled. She's not satisfied. And I don't think it so much had to, I, I think it had to do with Kit, but it was like all of us, is your own personal feelings. Then she totally modeled herself after Kit, and she was really a discount Kit, because and we have a, a cameo by Ann Devere. Uh, uh, we mentioned her from uh, Double Door. She was super young in Double Door, so this is about ten years after Double Door, and she plays Belle Carter, the journalist, and we get to see the great Ann Devere uh, just for a hot minute. And she 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 uh, unwittingly insults <laughs> Miriam Hopkins' book by calling. Oh, and she she told uh, Kit Betty Davis. She said, "Oh well." It's okay that your books take a while to come out because when they when they come out, they're a gem. So unlike this uh uh grinding out this sausage that we see, and oh, and Miriam Hopkins, uh, Mildred was right there. And she was she wasn't directing it, directing at her, but it was about her. And so, and I love how Andavir uh her character recovered. She said, "I could cut my own throat." I love that. So I could cut my own throat. And Miriam Hawkins said, there's a knife over there. So that is that kind of good caddy, back and forth, bitchy, witchy, uh, dynasty-like, you know, that, that stuff we love, that old good Dallas and Dynasty. So like you said, it's like a soap opera. I totally agree with that. It is. But you know what I thought was interesting about this movie is that the real surprises come from both the men. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what, and I don't want to give any way, give away any plot points, but... The things that happen with the men yeah. are the real surprises that drive or propel this movie forward. Yes. So be watching for that. But one of the things that I thought was kind of cute about this movie is that um, there's a scene with um, Betty Davis and Miriam Hopkins and Betty is getting ready for bed. And so she puts on these like this men's pajama top and then Miriam Hopkins is looking at her and goes, well, where's the bottoms? She goes, I don't wear bottoms. And she's like, she registers such shock. Yeah. But you know what's so amazing about this is Betty Davis was an influencer. She started a trend. Oh. And so because of this movie, women started wearing men's pajama tops with no bottoms. Really? Uh, oh my gosh. Yes. See, you always got the yes. juice. You always got the tea. <laughs> and, her, and her legs, let me tell you something. Betty Davis had a shape on her. Her lower, oh, yeah. her thighs, and she was not, you know, a toothpick woman. Her, she had some beautiful legs and thighs. She had some meat on her bones. She, did. She, did. <laughs> she had a nice rack, and she had some meat on her bones. So she, she, I was, I was like, I was shocked. Like, they let her show those legs like that? Because it was very sexy. 
It was very sexy. I saw some too. Yeah. I, I was really amazed. And mm-hmm. um and, and she had this like really at the beginning of the movie, she has this cute little bob and she looks, you right. know, very appealing and all that. And you know, the way they aged her I thought was very interesting in this mm-hmm. movie because I thought they did a really good job because that's pretty much how she did go on to look, except for that dumb that gray, that white, yeah. that gray mm-hmm. that they put in the front of her. That's the only thing that I yeah, thought didn't I, ring I true. I guess they but... had to age her because she was only, what you said, 30-something. So they had to really make her look older um, yeah. and, and have the age difference between herself and Gig Young. So let's fast forward to that. So would, so Georgia, would you have married Gig Young when he kept pursuing her? Oh boy, what a delicious question! So there's a ten age, age gap between Betty Davis' love uh, love interest in the story, uh, Gig Young. He plays Rudd. So she's forty two, and he's about thirty two, um, and he's kind of roughly that in, in real life. He looks so young in the movie. Really, he was really very good looking when he was a young man. Um, but oh, yeah, yeah, so there's a um, age difference. So I love Harriet, the maid, the housekeeper. She was a scene stealer yes. like Thelma Ritter. Yeah, I wish she'd have had more screen time. Because she's yeah. like, yeah, I'd married <laughs> So Georgia, would you have married him? If I... Okay, the short answer to that is I think once you're beyond a certain age, you're all adults. And I don't really think there's anything wrong with it. Because... Um, I, I love a man who's seven years younger than me. And so the answer is yes. I <laughs> Georgia, you a cool girl. <laughs> oh, honey, I'm beyond that. I'm a jaguar. <laughs> I'd rather have a dragon. Why do women always have to be a cool girl? I don't know the age group, but cool girl, jaguar, and dragon. But go, go on, girl. Georgia said, I beg your pardon. I'm a jaguar. I okay, love it. The short answer is yes. <laughs> Yeah, because I felt that she really loved him, and I thought he was over the moon crazy. And she even yeah. told, you know, uh, Harriet, her maid, that you know he would be adoring, ad- adoring to me, and charming, and all that, and devoted. And I thought, heck yeah. yeah, you know. And so then she, well, anyway, so it's just like, yeah, I, I would say yes, even though, you know, you see yeah. Betty saying, oh, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah, she was totally yeah. a good girl in this movie. She was, talk about no good deed goes unpunished. Yeah, she was totally yeah. a good girl. Me, I don't know. I don't know because suppose he wanted kids and, oh, I don't know, girl. I, you are far more brave <laughs> and have less pride than I because I just would have been like... <laughs> You know, you go out to eat and you see some hot-ass blonde like Dolores Moran played Didi. You see her sashay. And, girl, I would stick my flag out and try to trip her and kill her. And that man probably even <laughs> worrying about that lady. But uh, but my pride and my ego, because it's just... And, and you see, and, and women say, well, you see older men marry young broads all the time. And that's true. It's true. And nobody bats out, well, I bat eye. But, you know, it doesn't get as much stigma as an older lady with a younger man. Um... But I don't make the rules. Men can do it and women women can. Oh, you know, and women, people do whatever the hell they want now. But yeah, Georgia, I, I kind of would have took foolishly, I guess. I, I agree with the, because the storyline kind of makes you go that way, that she foolishly. Well, let me ask you this. Would you have went after the husband? 
Not while they were married, no. Uh, but no, no, I don't no, know. No. I think maybe he would have been, he would have maybe been like out of bounds because even though they, he might have divorced and everything, that still would have been, you know, kind of a, but I thought that those two actually were really very compatible. And I yeah. liked the way he, he obviously, boy, they just, you could just feel the chemistry. They hit it off so well. I really right. liked the two of them and I just thought oh my gosh yeah this is rough because yeah I would say mm, yes if, I, I liked I liked them together I really did I would say yes if Betty would have met him first there would be no movie it would have been you know perfect yeah. um but I don't think I would have wanted a, a broken man and right. he wasn't you know he was not totally broken where and we don't want to give too much away he was able to get himself together but, you know, then I'd have been wondering, is he, am I just a lover of convenience because I'm there and I'm so opposite of the harpy, the lunatic that he's married to, you know, you know, you know what I mean? Or, you know, because I'm just convenient, I'm there, you know, I'm breaking case of emergency woman. But, you know, so I don't know about the husband, but, uh, and I, like I said, I, I would have been Betty, I would have been. Uh, alone, alone, I've been alone, Georgia, I'm alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I was trying to figure out, guys, when this movie, like, when did Skeppington and, because Betty was on a freaking roll, man. So this came yeah. out right before Skeffington. Skeffington was 44. And, uh, and, and then after and it's our life and now voyager so she was on a really 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 good role and we're gonna and the corn is green is uh that's 45 we're gonna be doing that soon and she plays another good girl and and georgia i you know i was wondering um i don't know if you know your trivia but for her to switch and play a, a two almost two good roles back to back um, that was so different for her. And I wonder, did she feel like she was taking a chance because she was just known, so known for being a witch, you know? But kudos to her, because, well, that's when you're an actress. When you're an actress, you could play a dirty shoe on the floor. It just really won't matter. You're going to do it. That is so true. That is so true. But, you know, a lot of people, you know, I may have said this, like, in the very early days of our podcasting about Betty Davis, that people said that they learned to act by watching her. And yes. James Wood said, there is Betty Davis and then there's all the rest. Right. I mean, she was the best actress there was. And 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 even she was acknowledged by people like you know, Meryl Streep. Right. She is the absolute, there was nobody who could play any role as well as she could. Right. Um, but, you know, um, the thing is about Betty is, there were other actresses who uh, people thought would go on to play like the stage part and then go on to be the movie part. Oh. And one of those was uh, Tallulah Bankhead because she did the stage versions of both Dark Victory and The Little Foxes. Oh. And she was expecting to be cast in the starring roles in the movie versions only to see Betty Davis land those roles instead of her. So if you think Betty only feuded with actresses Joan Crawford, <laughs> she had um, she also feuded with Susan Hayward. She had a huge feud with Miriam Hopkins and also Tallulah Bankhead. <laughs> so all these people had their 
closet so what you know she had risen to the pinnacle i mean she was she was the queen considered at the time yes yes ab- without a doubt right she was at the top of her game she was the queen but i tell you something that's kind of like a little funny about this and she um actually had uh began an affair well she wanted to begin an affair with her director Vincent Sherman Mm -hmm. while they were filming and so one night he drove her home late in his car and they were talking in his car for hours and so she told him that she had fallen in love with him but um, they were interrupted by Betty Davis's mother who ordered Hollywood's biggest female star into the house (laughs) and so uh, (laughs) yes after this is according to Vincent Sherman in an interview I got some of the stuff from his interview and he said in his interview that Betty Davis's husband at the time Arthur Farnsworth visited him and told him he was trying to save his marriage to Betty. And after the meeting, um, Vincent Sherman declined Betty Davis's invitation to join her uh, in Mexico after the movie had wrapped up. And he said no. And he was married too. But um, later on, um, the following year, 1944, he directed her and Mr. Skeffington, and they did begin an affair. Mm-hmm. And he claimed he hoped it would help control Betty, but it didn't work. <laughs> he wasn't able to control. Man, her. you you ain't working. You ain't got that much. You working with, bro? Come on now. <laughs> Yeah, I know. But you know, also Betty, Betty didn't let any grass grow under her feet. She and Gig Young had some late night trysts in her dressing room while they were filming this movie. And both were married at the he was married. Oh, they both were married. I love her and Joan <laughs> Crawford, and and because they were so that girl rhymes with butts. They were just just <laughs> her, and that's just those two. Not Elana Turner and all of, and they didn't give a darn. And it's just, and I remember Betty Davis saying, she, we before she got to Hollywood, she didn't smoke, she didn't drink. She said she was a virgin. And when she got there, honey, she turned on and got turned on and turned out. Wow. Okay. Okay. Give it a break. <laughs> Gee whiz. Well, even though Gig Young was five years younger than her in real life, the two did remain uh, friends mm-hmm. uh, for the rest of their lives. They had a strong friendship going there. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, Betty got along with men better than she did with women. I, I can see that. I can see that because it was just such a competition and the and the studios loved that because it, it got the best out the actresses and it was great for publicity. And so, uh, and, and you, you, I agree with her because the minute you let your guard down, you knew there was going to be some upstart to try to take your spot. So I totally agree with that. You, you had to retain your crown. I, I get it. I get it. Well, um, George, oh, yeah. I'm going to give you the last word because we're almost out of time. Okay. All right. Well, there's um, a couple of things that I wanted to say about this movie. Um, th- there is a very famous scene in this movie. It's a camp classic. <laughs> And you've got to see it to believe it. Betty Davis is just, I'm going to say is Betty Davis has just had enough of Miriam Hopkins. Oh, yes. And yes. it is, it is Classic. so funny. It is, you have it's to see iconic. it It's iconic. The scene it. is iconic. Yes. Yeah. You have to watch it. You have to watch it for that. Because the showdown between these two actresses is a true classic. And that is, I think, probably one of the best reasons to watch this film is because of the fireworks between the two of these women is unbelievable. Yes. Um, and, and one of the things that I was going to say is 
Betty Davis, the, the movie had started filming. Betty Davis didn't show up on the set the first week of filming. Um, she felt, when she looked at some of the rushes of Miriam Hopkins scenes, she thought that it revealed her worst qualities as an actress. And so uh, she said to the director, when do you want me to start? And so she was on the set the very next day, ready to go. <laughs> and, um, mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing about this movie, um, I just wanted to say, you, you really have to understand the context of what what is going on when you watch this because it enhances it so much yes be watching for these little things these little nuances yes that we bring out because it will make you really appreciate how amazing she is how professional these two actresses are that they're able to do this and make their feelings for each other work instead of ruin the movie. Yes. They made it work. Yes. Um, and yes, this movie does have a lot of scandal surrounding it, a lot of hot gossip. Yes, it does. But, you know, that is the nature of Hollywood and yes. the entertainment industry. That's that's what it is. Like Moy and I try and bring out to you and I hope that hope you like this movie um, as much as I enjoyed watching it. Uh, real quick, was was this your first time seeing it? No, I'd seen it years ago, okay. but I had only given it like just part of my attention. I wasn't oh, really okay. giving it my full, you know, you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. But I, yeah, I had seen it before years and years okay. ago, so I had forgotten little, little bits and yeah. pieces of it. I still recall, but yeah, yeah. Me, me, me too. I hadn't seen it in a while, and as this part of my life. Um, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so true. This is if you don't, oh Lord, if you don't value your man, and if you don't, if you don't actively try to have a personal life outside of your work, and that goes for male or female, you're gonna you're gonna regret it. Put it like that. And and if and if you make those choices, okay, that's fine. But don't come crying in your beer to me. You know, just. Take the L and keep it moving. Or not take the L and just keep it moving. Enjoy yourself. Well, Georgia, thank you so much. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to another episode of How Betty Davis Saved My Life, Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood. And don't forget to like our uh, like and follow us on our Facebook page of the same name. We're on YouTube. Catches on all the uh, streaming platforms except Amazon Music. We just really enjoy being with you guys. We can't wait to. We don't know what the next movie is, and we're gonna try to do better, I guess, because we, we just I don't know. We just don't know what we want to do. I don't know. So you know, but check on our Facebook page because we'll have like a list of upcoming attractions, if you will. So uh, we started posting those. So I am Moya, and I'm Georgia, and we will see you next time on How Betty Davis Saved My Life. Life lessons from classic Hollywood. You guys take care. See you next time.